we end up doing those things because it's all we know, right? But that's why, you know, to keep from getting in the cycle, sometimes we gotta look at the circles. So, so ask yourself, who's in your circle? And by looking at who's in your circle, uh, sometimes that other person may have another method of going about it. You're listening to Find the Good News, episode 76, The Sound of Your Name, a COVID-19 Beacon Series conversation featuring Grammy winner Mickey Smith Jr. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Today, human beings all over the world are making social and economic sacrifices to stop the spread of the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19. Now, I'm going back to visit many of the good newsy guests that have helped me build the foundation of this show to learn how they're navigating these strange times. In this special Beacon Series episode, I visit with Southwest Louisiana educator and recent Grammy winner, Mickey Smith Jr. Mickey was the very first good newsy, my very first guest on Find the Good News. He really set the tone for the whole show, helping get that first foot forward on a good path. It was nice to circle back around and talk to him. As an educator, there was an almost instant disruption to his day-to-day routine, and he very candidly shared how he is coping with the major changes to his life during this COVID-19 winter. Mickey's influence has always went so far beyond just music. I wasn't surprised to find that he's using this time to point his insight inward, reflecting on how he can use this time to better himself. In our visit, Mickey reminded me that none of us are ever truly finished, and if we allow it, we can continue to become even better versions of who we are. With this COVID-19 Beacon series, I invite you to take a break from mainstream news and spend some time with good people that are dealing with some of the same struggles you are. Now, find a space, take some time, relax if you can, open your mind, and press play on a little good news. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you want to shut those signals down and seek a better source. With my Find the Good News Beacon series, I tune into good people doing good works wherever I can find them. I scan across the full spectrum of life, seeking out human beings that have turned their dials towards helping others, aligning their time, resources, and talents with goodness, justice, mercy, and love. In each episode, I sync up with the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have dynamic conversations that invigorate the mind long after our transmission has ended. I discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that have anchored them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of background noise in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm cutting through the static to find the good. man it's right on time so thank you uh, it is interesting it's it's a paradigm shift man uh, it, it's I, I, I was telling a buddy of mine I said how crazy is it um, you know before I say this let, let me go ahead and just preface you know as an educator I'm a teacher 
you know, you do the you do the school thing, 180 days, you know, fighting a good fight and, and shaping minds and all that good stuff. And uh, there's a few things we as teachers fear, you know, uh, the day after thanks uh, after after Halloween, lots of candy. Kids are sugared up real, real strong. Full moons are like a real thing. I don't know how it works, maybe in high school, college, but I'm telling you, middle school and elementary, a full moon has an effect on kids. So watch this. Not only did we have a time change that week, uh, but we also had a full moon uh, a couple weeks ago. And then Friday was Friday the 13th. Okay. so the crazy thing was on Friday, we got the announcement that that the years we knew it was about to change. And I couldn't help but tell my friend, I was like, how crazy is it? that Friday the 13th was our last normal day, was our last day of normalcy. <laughs> you know, the day you often dread would, would be the day you look back on now with fondness and say, wow, I miss, I miss that. And it's so indicative, I think, of so many folks. We get so caught up in the day-to-day and uh, in the malaise of it all. Sometimes we don't appreciate. So for me, a couple of things I've taken away from this, this season of unexpectedness is number one, uh, absence does make the heart grow fonder because now that I'm not in that space that I'm normally in, I find myself longing for even not just the good, but sometimes even the bad. You know what I mean? Um, the bad news is the good news because it's, it's all a part of it. And you don't miss the water until the well runs dry, so to speak. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing, um, that, that I, I'm, I'm realizing now is that that every moment is precious because things can change in an instant, man. Who would have thought? It wasn't even on people's radars, you know? And 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 it's it's something that we've never faced that's required us to face it. You know, because because with everything else that comes our way, there's always the option of exodus or evacuation, right? But with this bad boy, you can't go anywhere. It's everywhere. You can't hop on a plane. You can't get in a car. Wherever you go, it's going to be. So it's one of the few things that I can think of that collectively as a society, we've all had to hunker down whether we want to or not and just face it, whatever that looks like. And um, I think that there's power in that. I think that's powerful. It's afforded me an opportunity to talk with my kids now more about just that, about about facing the fears, you know, facing the fear with faith. There's no there's no cure. There's no there's no antidote. There's nothing. You just have to face that thing and you have to face it with belief or you'll cripple under the the doubt. You'll cripple under the fear. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Uh, I for me, it was a little strange, I guess, in, in the sense that I didn't see my clients face to face every day. You know, I mean, we would go maybe days where I didn't have a face to face interaction and. I would have that one-on-one, you know, it would always be through email. I mean, I talked to them every day in some digital form. So when we decided to make the transition to where our team would work from home, we already kind of had a lot of tools in place because we were already operating as sort of like a remote team for so many of our clients. They wouldn't know if I was working from home as I'm doing right now or if I was at my office. So it wasn't that big of a hiccup. What I have noticed, though, is the um, now that they, many of those companies weren't set up that way, and so as they've broken apart, it's almost um, a little strange for them 
you know, they're the ones having yeah. to make the change, you know, and I'm kind yeah. of sitting here going, Hey, I'm ready to interact, but I realize it's affected their, their jobs and their operations. So it's, uh, the new normal hasn't quite set in yet for a lot of people, I think. And, you know, I don't want to accept that this is just Absolutely. a permanent normal, but I mean, we're going to have to come up with these new solutions and I don't even know, or some of these solutions may not just be temporary. They may be permanent. Now we might just say, Hey, we were yeah. spending a lot of energy doing things that uh, we don't need to do anymore. <laughs> you know, we, we've got some cleaner, easier what, ways to. What, what does it say? It's necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, Isn't right. The, the saying, you know, and, and I think we're going to see from this from this setback uh, just a great set up for the next for the next level in yeah. so many different facets. Uh, and and innovation is never comfortable. It just never is. It's never convenient. Right. And I, I think that if nothing else, this is this is creating, like I said before, a big paradigm shift because on a mass scale, I think this is going to cause people to reevaluate um, just how we do day to day norms. And why are they the norm? And why don't we innovate? Why don't we think about how we can do things differently in an attempt to maybe um, avoid these type of um, situations where the economy, the community, uh, the, the family structure is 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 altered by this one thing because it, this is a, this is a you know just like they used to say a hundred year storm yeah uh, out here in Louisiana well, what's happening that hundred year storm is happening every ten years now right right, right? yeah so so you know we can say this is a hundred year uh, epidemic but who's to say that there's not I, I hope it's not I'm not trying to speak anything into existence but who's who's to say that this doesn't become a decade thing. Right. A, bi, a biannual thing. Who knows? You know, um, so I think I think it behooves us to really make sure that we're that we're taking notes. Yeah, that we're taking notes, that we're assessing what this process has meant so that we can be better. Uh, you can't. I, I was telling my daughter, we, we go we go walking in the mornings and running. Nice. Uh, she's never run track before. She, she hates running. I'm going to say it again. She hates running. <laughs> and I told her, I'm like, we're going to do it anyway. You're right. We're going to do it anyway. And uh, because it's not about running, it's about it's about perseverance. It's about persistence. It's about developing a mindset. It's about good physical habits. And and she got frustrated with me because it doesn't matter in her mind. doesn't matter how many times we go to the track. She still feels that pain. Yeah. So my job as a coach is to remind her, yeah, you feel the pain, but you don't, you're not feeling the pain because you're running the same race. The reason you're feeling the pain is because we're adjusting the workout schedule. Yeah. Sometimes I have you doing one lap. Sometimes I got you doing two. That particular day she complained about that I had her doing four. You know, and sometimes we run the bleachers. So you're working different muscles. And she said, will it always hurt? I said, yes. And to that, I can kind of see you know, little tears kind of streaming down her face. I said, but that's not to make you sad. Watch this. The goal of running is never to eliminate the pain. The goal of the race is never to eliminate the pain. It's to become stronger than the pain because mm, the pain yeah. is going to come. But do you have the necessary tool, skill set to be stronger than that stuff that's coming against you. And I think that's what we have to look at this situation as. These things are going to come. That's just the nature of the world that we live in. We'd be foolish to think that we could eliminate everything and make this, you know, utopia because that doesn't exist. But what we can do is we can galvanize, we can strengthen so that we ourselves can be stronger and better than the things that come against us. You know? Yeah, I love that. I mean, you're right. I mean, I was having a kind of a similar, not in the same vein, but a similar conversation with a friend last night, you know, and, and after we talked, 
you know, I, I was up for a while meditating on our conversation and, and it was, had some of those similar notes, you know, that I don't want to cheat myself out of experiences just because they may be painful. Even some that are really hard, you know, I mean, for instance, you know, nobody wants to, nobody wants there to be a pandemic. Nobody wants anyone to get sick and die. Nobody wants anybody to be isolated. We don't want any of these things. But when we, these things do come, you have to be prepared for that post perspective and say what they're here. These things are happening. How can I absolutely... How can I find the best in them? How can I allow these things, whether they be suffering or pain, to shape me and my life in a good way? Because it always makes me sad when a negative or a, a suffering incident leaves someone in a negative state and it leaves them devastated, you know, because there's this underlying blessing. And I know that probably sounds easy to say to some people. But I, I do want to clarify that when I say that, I, I say that from somebody who's actually had some things happen. And so I have been through my own sufferings and you go, okay. And I, I can see now post suffering with enough time that there was underlying grace and blessings that came from that, that if, if, if only the blessing of being uh, able to connect with another human being who maybe is in the midst of suffering. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm helpless. Sorry for interrupting the conversation, but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur Today. Here's how it works. Post your Sulphur event, service, photos, videos, or information using the hashtag Sulphur Today. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag, that's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is, and the words sulfur today with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best sulfur has to offer through the Sulfur Today social media pages. As the Sulfur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulfur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulfur Today sign when you're out and about, and be ready. We may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op. And don't forget to stop by the Parker Brand Creative Services Studio in Sulphur to grab a Sulphur Today decal for your vehicle or business. We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news. 
Yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's one of those things you think about. To live the best life, you got to be a little backwards. Mm. To live the best life, you have to be a little unorthodox. Um, for, for example, um, there's an old adage that says it's better to give than to receive, right? Yeah. And, and there are many folks that walk in different circles that say uh, things like, if you want to receive, then you have to give, right? You got to mm-hmm. give. I, I, uh, I heard Quincy Jones say this. I don't know if he made this quote, but I heard him say, if you want, uh, if you pour your cup empty, it comes back twice as full. And I remember that, man. There's so many instances I can go back in my mind and see, man, I didn't understand why I was doing what I was doing, but I'm glad I did it. Because even though it looked like I was taking a loss, it was actually a win, right? Because it comes back to you. And I, and I say all that to say this. I was talking with, with, with my daughter. Uh, we've been talking a lot, you know, yeah. nothing else, more than normal with this, this pandemic. <laughs> right. And I was sharing with you. I was I was talking with her and I and I, I asked her about the upside down principle. I said, you know, there's there, there's some things in life that only work when they don't make sense. If yeah. You do the opposite, right? So if you got enemies, you love them. You love the enemies. Like like society says, you know, you destroy the enemy. But but if you got the enemy, you show love, and that's the thing you plant seed. It comes back. And I gave her an example of how I got to walk through something like that in my life, and she gave me back an example. We got to talking. And I said, it's just like, for example, and I left one of these open-ended questions for her to respond to. I said, if you want to receive, you must, and I beckoned my hands out <laughs> yeah. to you know, invite her to answer back. So I said, if you want to receive, you must, and her response was, ask. Uh-huh. I said, no, baby, that's not, that's not it. That's not, I said, I mean, technically you're right, but like, isn't that, isn't that the way society is? Like, we're so hardwired. We don't even see the blessing. Yeah, if you want to receive, you ask. But really what I was telling her was if you want to receive, then you got to give, right? Right. But our society's not set up that way. But when you see successful people, I think, more more, more successful than not, people that are making a difference, people that are game changers, people that are you know industry leaders, you'll see that there's a level of investment that they do. Matter of fact, I think the people um, who rise to the top are the ones that add value. Mm, are you yeah. a value adder? Because yeah. I think it really comes down to two types of people. There's either givers or there's takers. And if you're a taker, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I just believe that there's only consumers and producers. Hmm. That's really all it is. And in this season, we've, we've really, it's really opened our eyes to the fact you see people now, they're making the gardens. Yeah. Okay, I, just, I just gave a friend of mine some pallets. She's going to try to grow some potatoes and stuff like that. Because it's like, oop, the wake-up call came. Dang, I'm not the producer I thought I was. Yeah, right. I'm a right. consumer. I'm a taker. Doesn't make me a bad person. But am I really adding value? I mean, it woke me up because on Friday the 14th, um, my whole life changed, man. You know, I've been I've been working on some things. Uh, you know, just kind of even restructuring how I how I approach uh, my gifts and my talents. And and one thing that I've been exploring uh, over the last few years is is my message mm-hmm. and. And just being able to share and uplift folks. And what that has done is it's it's created this this new platform of speaking, music and message. Well, long story short, I've been living my best life, man. I've been trying to been trying to work this stuff up and I finally got to that point. Yeah. Okay, what do I mean by that point? I set up some goals and 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 my, my goal was to have a type a, a level of, of of gig or engagement or setting or platform. And I and I achieved it. I had about five gigs, so to speak, set up where I was going to be a keynote address speaker. 
national platforms, right? Didn't talk about it, hadn't put it on social media, wasn't that type of deal. This was a personal thing I was I was working toward. And in one instance, in one instant, all that stuff that I worked on went away. Yeah, just vaporizes, yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking I'm doing great because I'm like, ooh, another stream of influence or income even. Yeah, Because, right. you know, before I was just doing music, now I'm thinking I'll do the speaking. But what I didn't realize, both of them were contingent upon an audience, which this pandemic has eliminated anything, any gathering of more than, let's say, 10 people. Right. So so in a moment, it's it's all gone, you know, and uh, it just got me to thinking, OK, wow, I'm not I'm not the I'm not the producer I thought I was. I'm mm. still a consumer. Yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now, I've been thinking about that same thing, like the economy is right now, especially the last few days in the news, there's just this dialogue going on about the economy, the health of the economy, rebooting the economy. And I've really been allowing myself to think about what that really means, you know, and what what when we say the economy, when I hear somebody talk about that, I hear something different because I want to I would love it if we learn from this and quit elevating things to just. The economy, well, let me back up. The economy, as I understand it right now, for the way it's being talked about is let's all get back to consuming, just like you just said. Let's all get back to producers and consumers. And I don't know that I want to live like that anymore. I mean, I'm looking around going, but what about the human economy? I mean, what about a new economy that's just not like that old economy? What happens? Let's just imagine what happens if it doesn't. The old economy doesn't rise from this in the same way, and it's not the same structure that everybody's used to, and what was important to us before is not important to us after. What will we? What would we build? Would we go right back like ants do when they when an ant bed's kicked over and just rebuild the same hill, or are we going to like okay, maybe we do need to make some changes so we don't get in this same situation, and maybe our leaders need to change and think differently. I don't know. I've just got it's got me thinking about it. You know, I mean, well, I'll I'll say this and I'll challenge the listeners to to do a little exercise with me that I do with my students. I'm going to ask everybody that's listening, including yourself, or I'm going to ask everybody, clasp your hands together. Okay. It's like I kind of have mine. Just clasp them together, fingers in between each finger, you know, real tight. Now take your hands apart, put them back together. We're going to do this a few times. Take Mm -hmm. them apart, put them back together. Okay, we're going to do it one more time, and this time, take your hands apart, and when you go to put them together, think about which thumb is on top. Put them together. Which thumb is on top? Mm, my and right. Just, you don't have yeah. to answer, but you okay. know, just, yeah, just think about it. which one is on top. Wherever you may be, you're listening right now. Which thumb is on top? Okay? Now, once you take an account of that, take your hands apart, put them together, but put the other thumb on top. Mm. Feels wrong, huh? Yeah, it's and, different, and, and, yeah. I tell my students that and, and when, when I'm you can imagine when you're in front of a classroom and you've got, in my case, 50 or 60 little people in front of you and they put those hands together with that other thumb on top, the grimaces on their faces, <laughs> the look of disgust and angst, uh, you know, that you the little midget mafia, man. They're like, eh, this is terrible, you know, and 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 I say, oh, it's, it's, it doesn't feel right, does it? They're like, no, it doesn't. I say, well, good. I said, we need to take that thumb off. And boy, they look at me like, no, 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 don't take my thumb off. You know, ah. I said, said it wasn't, it doesn't feel right, huh? There's obviously something wrong with that thumb. And then I'll get some little kid, it'll open up dialogue. Um, you know, that there's nothing wrong when it doesn't feel right. It's just not, 
it's not that it's a failure. It's just not familiar. Yeah, right, right, so, right, so right, right. If you get into that practice, if I told you, hey, put your thumbs, put your fingers together a thousand and twelve times with that long thumb on top, eventually it too would become familiar. So this angst that we feel about change, yeah. uh, a lot of it comes from the fact that it's just we're just doing things the way we've always done them. And you're right. You know, we could talk a good game, but we will revert right back to the same practices unless we have that intention, unless yeah. we have that that that, that model, uh, unless we have that that goal, that why. We yeah. have to have a strong enough conviction to want to be different. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you change never stays. Yeah, I mean, we're just walking right back. That's kind of what I, I'm hearing, and it's what it, it seems like there's a, almost like this uh, – I'm seeing people almost evangelize about that. It's like, we're going to get things back to normal. And I, I'm, I'm questioning what that word normal means now. I'm like, well, is normal just the word normal is comforting, right? It makes you feel like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, it's normal. That's good, right? Well, is normal good? I don't know. I don't maybe nor just like it's, you said, maybe, maybe I want that other thumb on top. It's good for somebody. And that's the question. <laughs> right. It's good for somebody. <laughs> It's, it's not even a matter. Is it good? Is it? But who is it good for? You know, right. and 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 the individuals that it's good for are the ones that will push for it. You yeah. know, and that's not to demonize anybody. It's just what it is. And a lot of times, the loudest voice wins. Unfortunately, yeah. in in this society we have set up, the whisper is often the thing we need to hearken to and listen to. Mm. But unfortunately, the way life is set up, we listen. We listen to the loud thing. You know, my me and my daughter, we were running, and she was saying the same thing. She's gonna hate that I'm talking about her so much, but I just, I, I, that's just been my narrative. I've been with my kids all the time. I so hear she, you, man. I she, hear you. She, she hates running right now because the pain is louder than the purpose. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, yeah, and, and, and that's the big, the biggest thing we're trying to, you know, she's physically gifted. That's what she doesn't get. She's physically gifted. She has all the physical trappings and tools to be a successful runner, but. She, she gets aggravated because when we're on the track, um, we'll see people coincidentally that that know me from my past, and I was a pretty good track and cross country runner. So, what to add insult to injury? For the last few days, every time we go to the track, we run into ghosts of, of of track seasons past, and these these former coaches or teachers or friends are like, "Man, your right. dad's quite a runner," and she's sick of hearing it, man. And uh, and she's like, "I don't get it because I'm not a." She's like, Dad, I don't get it. How do you? How did you run? Because there's nothing physically impressive about me. You know, I'm not the largest guy out here. I'm a little skinny guy. And I tell her, it's not the physical as much as it was the mental. Yeah. I was just more mule-headed than anybody else. I made up my mind that this was going to have a level of pain, a level of hurt. And I just set my mind to, to pushing through it, to pushing through it until when I focus, when I'm running, what I would do a lot of times is, I would set my breathing to a beat. Ah, I don't yeah. even know if that makes sense. No, it to does. It makes total but, sense. You know, so if I'm running, my feet have a certain beat. I should have yeah. known I was going to be a musician back then. And as my <laughs> feet are hitting that beat, I'm going. Yeah. And yeah. after a while, that beat, that cadence almost becomes hypnotic. Sure. In a sense, because, you know, you got to understand, I have to explain to my daughter and, and, and some of my students, a Walkman was like a big deal when oh, I was a kid. Oh, for sure, dude. Okay. Yeah. You 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 was somebody. Like you you had you had a little you had a little bank, right? I mean, you you had some money in the pocket. Yeah. 
you had a Walkman? And then the thing was this, you couldn't really run with the Walkman. That's why they <laughs> called it a Walkman. Because if you ran, that CD is jumping or the cassette is not going to play correct. Right, you know? right. And so what I had to do was I had to create my own music in my head. Now we take it for granted. People just put their earbuds in and that, that beat, that music focuses them and brings them to a place to where the pain now becomes a whisper instead of a scream. And I think for so many of us right now in this society, we've got to find that focus. We've got to bring those, get those things that bring us back to a place to where these negatives, this pain, they don't, they don't, they don't avalanche us. It's not a tsunami anymore. It's just, it's just a wave, man, just like the ocean. And the pain is going to come. These things are going to come, but they shouldn't overtake us, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. You know? Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about waves, you know, because that's kind of what they are. are it's, it reminds me of what they keep talking about with this, with the COVID-19 spread. You know, it's like we got to flatten the curve. And I, I the mm. irony is that we are in a wave right now, but a wave will pass wow. through. I mean... You know, it's just we're not used to this pace, I think, this disruption. I actually am curious. I mean, how for you, um, how because you're you're full of all kinds of insight. I mean, and you're used to this kind of communication, too, because, I mean, you you are posting insightful and inspiring things out almost on the on the daily. Right. I mean, you did that. Yeah. Every morning or afternoon, different times of day. But I mean, people are used to seeing you like that. And I mean, how have you uh, during this time, taken that discipline that you had and kind of retooled it for the current circumstances? Because, I mean, in the in before, I, I got the impression that most of the time you were talking to, I know you're talking to everybody because I know I got insight from it, but I felt like it might have been a little more geared towards educators, you know, people uh, yeah, yeah. that had students. So how have you kind of retooled that? You know, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, this season has reminded me of something uh, that I was keenly aware of as a musician. And that is, it's crazy. When I was in college, man, you know, you're taking these lessons, you're going to these recitals, you're, you're, you're studying, with, you know, getting this instruction, you're in ensembles, you're getting inundated with information. I mean, it's almost like uh, academic waterboarding. I oh, mean, almost yeah. to the point where if you're not careful, man, you're going to drown. Like, they're just giving you so much content, man. Yeah. And... I used to practice, 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 and then there were times where I didn't feel like I was improving. Now, fast forward, I've been out of college for a minute, right? And there's some times where I go to pick up my horn or I'll go to enact something that I spent years studying, but I've gotten away from it. Okay. okay I've gotten away from it for a number of, time, number of days, months, years, and I go to pick up that horn, and then it seems like miraculously I can do the thing that I couldn't do when I was practicing it. It was almost like getting away from it made it work better. And I can't tell you how many instances getting away from something actually made, made the, the instrument play better, mm. made me perform better. And for me right now, I'm doing, it's, it's going against my natural inclination, man, but I'm going against the grain. I'm actually doing less, I feel. Interesting. I'm taking okay. time now step back i'm spending more time less regimented um i'm i yesterday i had literally this is weird for me man yeah i mean anybody that really knows me knows i'm a pretty structured animal like i like school yeah. i love teaching because there's such a structure and order to it i had yesterday i had no agenda i think i must have went at least eight hours of absolutely no agenda no plan no nothing 
And what I'm doing is I feel like in this season, I'm letting the lessons that I've shared, I'm letting them just kind of blossom and just kind of manifest on their own. Yeah. Um, I'm also taking time now to reassess, to reassess and um, go back and kind of retool some things. Um, I'm taking time now to get back in love with the music Mm. because for so long, if you do it, if you do it too long, it just becomes a thing, becomes a job. Yeah. You know, Uh, I even see myself letting a few things go in order to grow, you know, so there's a few things um, people will be, people might look later and say, oh, he's rebranding, he's repurposing. Okay. You can call it what you want, but really I think it's more like pruning. And, you know, with a, with a good flower or a plant or something, you got to cut it back sometimes so it doesn't choke on its own growth. I understand you know? everything you're saying, so man. It's just you got to let it grow sometimes. You got to yeah. let it go. No, I understand. I mean, God, I can relate to everything you just said right there. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot, too, because I, I live in sort of that a dual state, you know, because the bulk of what I do day to day is so tied to branding and uh, brand communications and corporate communications and business communications. And, and I do that stuff well, and it, and it is our livelihood, but I know there is this, and I talk about this all the time, but there's this whole other dimension to me that is, has been for the last few years just saying, okay, enough. It doesn't, it's not asking me to lay down those, those tools that I use for, you know, my, I equate those tools to my hunter gatherer, you know, a a long time ago. That's what I used to hunt and gather for my family. But there's this whole other dimension that's going, but I want to show my face too. I want to speak too. I want some of that sunlight too. And it's almost like raging to come out. And I don't mean raging in a bad way. It's just like trying to be born. And every time I see myself leaning more and more towards that, I see myself dropping some of those other things as well. And it's just like you said, like a pruning and I'm going, okay, you know, I'm still becoming. And that's basically what I've come to the terms is like, I don't have to fight between these two things. I am just like everybody else and every other thing in creation, just like, we would tell anybody I am still becoming, uh, and that's okay. I'm still becoming. And as I become, things are just going to change and that's not rebranding. And see, that's kind of like what you said when you said rebranding as like, God, that stings a little bit for me. Cause I get it. Cause being in branding, I think people think, oh, he's trying to rebrand yes. himself. And I'm like, I'm not trying to rebrand myself. I'm just becoming, you know, and I want the room to become, you know, it's funny because I was at Holly Beach the other day, man. And I was looking wow. at these trees and out at Holly Beach, we were driving just up along the coast and I didn't tell anybody in my family this, but I was looking at those coastal trees and how every one of them's leaning, you know, away from the wind. And I thought that's just how those trees grow. All these trees grow this way because there's this wind pushing on them from this other direction all the time. But if they weren't on the coast, what would these trees look like? They wouldn't lean. They wouldn't lean north, you know. And that's what we do to ourselves. We keep this wind on us from this other thing and it and we grow one direction. And I'm like, I don't want to always grow to the north. I mean, I I want a little bit of that. I want to be balanced, you know. Yeah, and we end up we end up becoming something we have no idea how we got there. You yeah. know what I mean? And that 
That's the worst. I mean, man, that's so I, I love that imagery of the trees. That is so powerful because so many of us fall into that trap. I, there's a part of me. I hate the circumstances of the present. OK, mm. but I wish I wish like every four years we could have one of these. You know, I wish we could have like a stoppage because this has been the greatest thing that has happened to me probably in, 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 in quite some time. Because even when I took a day off or even when I went on vacation, the world didn't stop. Yeah. So, so even while I'm getting away, you know, maybe the wife was upset at me because even though I'm there in body, you know, my spirit and my mind are still thinking about the next board meeting sure. or the next fundraiser we have to do or the next performance, because those things also are vying for my, my presence yeah. and my thought process, you know? And as much as I try to put it out of my head, it's just like my daughter, when she's complaining, I can't stop thinking about the pain when I'm running because it's so loud. Those, those, those voices, that chatterbox is so loud that a lot of times it robs you of the precious present, yeah. that gift that is today, you know? So the best thing about now is, now is actually now. This is like the first time in my recent memory where now actually meant nothing more than the precious present. Because as much as I want to right now, I can't engage anything. Right. I can't even plan anything. I can't forecast anything. I can't predict anything. We can't schedule anything. We can't do anything because everything is just hypothetical. And because of that, businesses are closed. People that would normally be ringing my phone off the hook. Man, my phone normally has at least... 40 voicemails and text messages a day. Man. Minimum, okay. Man, yeah. At least. Okay. So, so, so people get mad at me because sometimes they call and they're like, your voicemail is full. I'm like, you don't even know my life, man. Yeah. By 10 o'clock, <laughs> it's full. Right. You know? So then there's an energy that has to go back into responding to the calls because you can't just call people like, look, you're the 39th person I've talked to today. I'm going to give you two minutes. Let's hurt. You have to engage people. Yeah. You kind of have to massage the conversation. And, because that person doesn't know that they're the 39th person you've talked to that day. They feel like the first. Right. So there's an energy that goes into that. But now it's so crazy because for the first time in a very long time, I get to be in the moment. You reached out to me, you know, just putting it out there. And you're like, hey, do you have time? And I'm like, man, that's all I got to myself. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> right. You know? What a beautiful luxury. Yeah. It's like the first time in a long time I could have said, okay, we can do it now. We can do it. Normally, if you'd hit me up, I'd be like, okay, I'm free at, at 530. Right. You know, or I got, I have 47 minutes. But now it's like, hey, let's go. <laughs> and I'm happy. I know it. I'm helped. I hate to pause the program, but I want to ask you something. Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, it's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world, even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from too. That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it, too. If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, 
you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters and get access to the B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. Each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. That's patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Now, back to the episode. It's it's interesting because it's like that with this podcast. You know, I I have this goal of keeping making it a regular show. I want it to be something that people look forward to and they can go at least every couple of weeks, if not every week, there's a new one coming out. And so I'm caught in that system. And I, I mean, I created that cycle myself, but I, I committed to it. And so to keep that up, you know, you have to pre-record, you have to schedule guests, you got to find new people and tr- chase down the leads and kind of, it's funny because I have to, I think about how many times I have to pitch the show, especially when I'm yeah. getting a new guest. I go, we'll have to retell you what the show's about, you know, uh, so many times and maybe three out of every, you know, 10 conversations I have will end up being a secure guest. And, you know, you're dealing with cancellations and retooling. So there's all that stuff. And that's just this show. And so I was thinking about that, how well, I accomplished all of that. I had six episodes that were recorded before we went into this sort of COVID-19 winter. And I was like, oh, that's good. Well, I'll have one for six weeks, you know, for six more weeks, I'll have an episode a week. So the devoted listeners will have these things. And then I started thinking about that. And I said, do I need to do that anymore? I mean, right now, why do I need to stick to that schedule? There's a real thing going on right now. There's really good people that I know. I don't have to follow the schedule. Just like you just said, I'm like, all I got is time. At this point, why don't I just retool the show a little bit and let's make it about something that can actually help people right now? Because the one thing I have found by reaching out like this is that it's it's mentally healthy for me. I mean, being able to yeah. see your face, you know, not just to hear, a, you know, get text back and forth. Yeah. I mean, I, it's nice to just look at your face and and talk and to I you. <laughs> you it's, it's great for the people you're reaching out to. I promise you, like, like for them, I'm, I mean, even myself, it's like, oh, man. That's right. I hadn't really seen anybody else in a minute. You know, it, yeah. it, it brings back that human element, man. And like so much of our life revolves around cycles and circles. Yeah. You know, we get stuck in these cycles. And then also, too, we get these circles. Maybe it's a circle of influence of people. And but like anything else, both the cycles and the circles got to be broken up every so often yeah. for them to really be what they're supposed to be. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if you don't, then it becomes a rut. Instead of you being in a groove, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Boy, that's a good way to say that. I was talking about ruts, that exact word, realistically, ruts. I was like with, with a relative recently. I was like, the more you, you know, you first start walking, you got a little trail through the woods with, you know, from you and your friend's house, you know, and you go, oh, there's this little trail. Well, when that, before there was a trail, there was no trail. You just kind of yeah. walked and then y'all found the best way together. And then you keep walking that thing. And before long, it's, it's not a trail. It's just a muddy rut. But you don't want to get off of it because it's the one thing you know, you know, yeah. it's familiar, yeah. you know, and that's what we do so often is we get, especially with negative thinking, it's like negative thinking, you keep walking those same trails, 
And then after a while, it's like your instinct, you know, it's like, well, I I could make a choice to think more positively or take a positive action. But now that my foot's in that rut, I'm already hooked into it. So I got to go veer, veer to the right, you know, back into my negative patterns. Yeah. And that's kind of gets back to for so many times we, uh, we end up doing those things because it's all we know. Yeah. But that's why. You know, to keep from getting in the cycle, sometimes we got to look at the circles. Mm. So, so ask yourself, who's in your circle? And by looking at who's in your circle, uh, sometimes that other person may have another method of going about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why I say it's always powerful. Like, like even this good news podcast, these different things like that. It's always powerful to have other perspectives because with a different perspective comes another measure of success, another measure of being and understanding. And the thing about it is success leaves trails too. Yeah, right? that's right. If yeah. we only stay on our trail, then we miss maybe a better trail. You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's the other way. But that's what, like I said before, it's, it's about perspective. And right now, this, this season is a beautiful opportunity for us all to uh, rediscover new perspectives. Because yeah. again, we don't have the rat race right now like we normally have, pulling at us, tugging at us. It's all about perspective. You could you could get mad right now, and, and rightfully so, that the economy is down. Okay, that that okay, I'm 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 not at work. Uh, my kids are at home. Me, you know, and th- these are all legitimate things. You know that my norm has been broken, but life is so finite. Why waste it being the same way all the way? Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of I kind of welcome this right now. It's not convenient for me, please. So if anybody's out there listening thinking, "Oh man, this is all just rainbows and unicorns." No, I'm I'm going through some struggle right now too. You know, yeah. there's there's some deficiency financially, just being honest with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing a- when you watch a number of gigs disappear with no imminent reinstitution. Like we don't know exactly when they're going to be or if they're going to be after this. Some right. of the things may have taken such a financial knock, they never come back. But I believe in the same way that things disappear, other things can reappear. But it's that, um, but it's, it's, they call it the res. I can't remember what res stands for, but the reticular, whatever thing in your brain. Uh, yeah. For example, my wife, I bought her a blue car yeah. for request. And then the moment I bought her that blue car, I started noticing that same blue car oh, yeah, everywhere. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Right, right. It was always there. I just hadn't set my thoughts to it. And I believe the same is true in this thing called life. We can be upset that things aren't what they normally are. But I want to challenge folks today, since you have this free time, to sit down and ask yourself, what is it that you want? You know, sometimes me and my wife watch that movie, The Notebook. Yeah. And my man, it's raining and he's like, what do you want? What do you want? And she literally cannot tell him. She knows that there is a desire, that there is a want, but she can't articulate that thing. And until she was able to speak it and walk in it, their love never really manifested, right? right? So the same is true even in life. Until you get to a place that you can, that you can write this stuff down, it doesn't have to be perfect, but put it down somewhere. Make it actionable. Put it on the wall. Put it somewhere because when you start put, positioning it uh, to be in your perspective, then all of a sudden, You'll start noticing the awareness. What are you talking about? If, if I know if I know that my goal, hey, I'm going to just use a money thing right now. My goal, my goal is to make $250,000 a year. Okay, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever your yeah. thing is. Yeah. Okay. Once I put that down, and don't just put it down like that, but, you know, not even just money, but 
But with $250,000, I'm going to open up the restaurant that I've always dreamed of opening. Yeah. Attach that money. Make it a tool. Attach it to a purpose. Yeah, right? it's not just so a dollar. I, do mm, I got yeah, you. Yeah, you know, not just because money is just money. I'll never forget I was doing a, uh, I was working on getting a gig at a, at a place uh, and I was going to have to set up the event. And it was going to cost quite a bit to do it there. And nobody locally had really done anything like this. And as I'm talking with them, I said, hey, look, I just got to be real with y'all. I got big dreams. I've shared with y'all my vision. But I'm just a music education teacher. I don't have the money to pull this together. And they looked at me. They said, oh, Mickey, it's just money. Isn't that something? I was like, wow. Yeah. See, but when you got it, it's just a thing, right? They were more impressed with my vision than my ability to pay for it. That's right? interesting. Right? Yeah. So they so we hmm. worked out something to where all parties got satisfied. But money, my lack of money was not the hindrance. Why? Because I did such a good job of saying, what is it that I want? And for so many of us, we're sitting in a season and we're miserable because we honestly don't know what it is we want, what we want to be, what we want to do. We have we haven't taken time to actually do it. Now, we spend a lot of time on the social media looking at what we think other people are doing. Yeah. But I would challenge I would challenge anybody out there. Be a student of yourself, of your purpose, of your passion. Take time to write it down, because in the same instance that I talked about my wife's car, once you write that thing down, now it, it, it spikes to your level of awareness. Mm-hmm. And now when you're in that crowded meeting or you're in that you're in that that that, that social function, it's just like if, if 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 you're in a room and you hear somebody say orange. Right. If you're if you're in a room, it could be a thousand people. But if you hear the sound of your name, your brain has a way of distinguishing the sound of your name from all that other white noise, so to speak, mm, right? Yeah. Because there's a certain familiarity, you have an awareness of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But so many times, we don't take the time to have the awareness of our purpose and our passion, right? Mm. Our purpose and our passion should be as familiar with us as our name is. So yeah. when somebody in a crowded audience speaks to our purpose and our passion, we should be turning around. Isn't so that now something? when I write that down, $250,000 toward my restaurant, and I hear somebody out the corner of my ear talking about how they're how they help small businesses create restaurant opportunities. Whereas before that would have went over my head, yeah. over my radar. Now I'm in tune, man. Man, I love what you're saying right there. My, my my brain's just firing off listening to that because I'm I'm thinking about some things that have happened recently and uh it just gets right into the the right in the meat meat and potatoes of it, you know? Like you, you think your purpose, whatever it may be, and what I think my purpose is, I'm not going to say it out loud, but what I think my true higher purpose is, uh, it's just exactly as you described it. It's like hearing your name in a crowd. Like when, when someone calls me in the middle of the night and they just say these, some, some version of this and they say, I just need somebody to hear me right now. And then I say, okay, I, that's like hearing my name in a crowd. That's exactly the feeling. It feels like it's like, oh, this is exactly my purpose right now is to be just ears and listen and, and, and share whatever is of value from my life. Only if it connects with what they are talking about. And listen, Dude, to you them. talking, you, you talking right now has convicted me so much in that that moment when you just you just spoke that convicted me so much. And I'm going to share with you, man. You made a comment. You said you said, I'm not going to I'm not going to say my purpose, my passion out loud. And I get that. I, I get that. It's 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 because it's your name. 
And how weird is it? Oh, wow. Who talks dude. about themselves in the third person? You know, like, like what a turnoff it would be if you were interviewing me and every five seconds I'm like, you know, Mickey Smith Jr. says, you know, well, as far <laughs> as Mickey Smith Jr. And it's like literally me saying it. It would rub people the wrong way. But when I was a child, somebody had to speak my name to me mm. so that I know who I was. And I think so many times um, we lack the identity and we lack the clarity and we lack the conviction to go get it because we haven't heard our name mm. spoken over us enough. But then it reminded me just now, it's like, dang, as a, as a husband, I need to be doing a better job speaking my wife's name. Yeah, Not I hear Eugenia, you. Man. But, but her purpose and her passion. That's why I think these last few days have been so rewarding for me because specifically I'm watching my wife speak the name of our children. See, oh, wow. She teaches my son in the morning. She does homeschooling. Right now she's right. doing homeschooling. And then in the afternoon, she teaches my daughter. My job is to give her a break. Okay, I'm her planning period, so I'm I'm enrichment. <laughs> I'm enrichment and solutions. I come in, I do. We take a run in, we do the music, we do some art. You know, I, I just yeah. I, I give her a breather. And but even in those enrichment times um, with the kids, I'm speaking to them. I just share with you a, a few instances of me and my daughter interacting, and my son. You know, not to not to negate that, me and my son have been spending time together. Uh, he's he's working on his trumpet and I, I'm using the music as an opportunity to speak life into him. But then it reminds me, dang, have I been spending enough time speaking life into my wife? Have mm. I been spending time speaking her name, her purpose and her passion? Because it's not her job alone to speak it. Right. Yeah, it, man. It actually brings offense. You know, and I, I'm wondering now, in some instances, have I brought offense to her because my purpose and passion speak so loudly? Yeah, no, man, I'm actually, I mean, I can relate to that. Michelle and I recently have had conversations like that because, and it gets into what we talked about, the ruts, the cycles, the normal that we're all so excited to get back to. <laughs> and I say that sarcastically yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, it can create a relationship that isn't necessarily bad, but it can become routine and transactional where we're not saying each other's name and we're not doing just exactly what you said. And that's a great reminder to do that. I think I, I can take that advice to heart for sure. All right. So you look, you're going to be my accountability buddy, man. I like I'm this. Need, I'm, I'm going to need you in a couple <laughs> days. Hit me up and like, uh, are, are you, are you saying your family's names? Yeah. You know what, man, Just, yeah. you're motivating me because look, I'll tell you. And, um, this again goes against the grain of rebooting that economy. And again, sarcastically, the way I'm saying that, and I don't mean to take light of the real yeah. hardships it's caused, but, and I don't mean it in a light way either, because I mean, I've been affected as everybody. I won't get into that, sure. but I mean, you know, my sure. bottom line's been hurt as well. And I, I, I have the same fears, but today I got up. And I just was like, man, I'm not, I haven't slept good the last three nights. I've slept, but I felt this fogginess in my mind and my head literally feels bigger than my body. And I just go, God, I just want to lay down. When I get up in the morning, my head feels heavy again. And I go, it's just this sort of sub program of fear and worry about my family and other people and the future. And I know it's running in the background and it's almost like a tension, even though I'm able to function, there's a tension. And so today I got up and we did our video conference as a team, you know, with everybody on the team. And I said, look, we're just going to take a midweek break. We've been work because we're working remotely. I said, but this week, you know, our clients have slowed down. There's nothing that's on fire today. 
mentally, I can tell if I don't acknowledge this heaviness, I, I need a break. So we just decided to take a Wednesday weekend, you know, yeah. and we're going to yeah. reboot Thursday and Friday and then we'll move into the weekend and we're going to do that today. But I didn't really have any plan for the day. I knew I wanted to contact you and some other folks and see if we could connect and have a conversation because I know I'm hungering for that. And uh, and, and thank you for that, by the way, because it's a blessing to me. But on the flip side, it, talking to you really tells me what I need to do with this day. I need to take exactly what we're talking about in this conversation and go apply it, you know, to my family. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think we're going to do a picnic today, man. Oh, that's a great idea. We're going to do a picnic in the backyard. That's a great Just, idea. You know, why yeah, not? Something why not? memorable. You know, and this, this is an opportunity to create signature moments. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It's just beautiful, ordinary things. Yeah. Things that we've gotten away from because they were so simple. Yeah. You know, I, I realize that now when I go and I work with educators, you got folks, man, they're trying to hang the moon and doing all this stuff. And they're just not getting the, the, the level of return in their classrooms. They're not, they don't have that, that peace. They don't have the atmosphere that they want. They definitely don't have the, the engagement from the kids. And they'll come over and they'll come to my classroom. They'll have me come in. And I'll begin sharing some really, really simplistic stuff, yeah. kind of like Miyagi and Karate yeah, Kid. Right, right. You know? <laughs> and they're like, well, how is that going to help? And I'll show them. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so simple. Because we get so deep. We get yeah. so deep and we get so busy, all of us, me included. Me oh, included. yeah, me too. Um, you know, and there's a reason. there's a reason cliches are true because there's truth in them. And there's a reason fundamentals are there because they're fundamental. Yeah. And if you get away from the fundamentals, it's like that game of Jenga, all right? Yeah. It don't matter how sweet the top of it is. If I pull the bottom out, it's coming down. It's just yeah. coming down, you know? So we have, to, we have to make sure that we give presence to all facets, not just the stuff that's at the hot, top of the hierarchy, but most importantly, those things are at the bottom, those parts that nobody sees, the parts that nobody knows, the work, the labor that doesn't always show is the most important part for us being able to grow and go to that next level, whatever it may be. Absolutely, man. God, that's all good. I, I'm I'm excited to share this conversation with people. I think they're going to get a lot out of this. And I'm happy. I know it. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. 
On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. If you have a minute, I'd like to uh, dive in the fishbowl with you and okay. see if there's any. Yeah. Uh, I did that last night or yesterday afternoon uh, with Danny Elaine and Morgan Elaine, and it was a lot of fun, man. It was just a nice break to think <laughs> about some folks, think about yeah. some questions that we. Uh, <laughs> We haven't been thinking about nothing that's contrived. It's just sort of, hey, rando questions out of left field. It was nice mental break. So if you want to, want to play this with me, I'll I'll draw the question. We'll do three questions. All right, let me get my hand in here. Let's go down to the bottom of the fishbowl. Okay, first question, Mickey. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, this is interesting. It's relative to what we're talking about. What part of your routine do you always try to skip if you can? That's what interesting. What part of my routine do I try to skip if I can? I think that's an interesting question because it makes you think about, like, right now, thinking oh. about past routines, you know? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> the part I've always tried to skip is what I'm doing right now. Really? Being, pre- being present. Oh, like that. Being present. Yeah. I had to think about it because it was like, why does it feel so weird answering this? Because I'm actually, I'm actually doing the thing that I... I, guess, nice. I don't want to say detested. It's just, it's just, it it wasn't conducive for the life yeah. I was in. So now I'm realizing I need to start rethinking the life I'm in. Man, that's something. I, that's powerful. Yeah, the step, the the step is a non-step in a way. It, yeah. It's an important step, but it's just getting into sort of some non-being, you know, just for a moment, and just being with the moment. Because a lot of times we think we're we think we're about the business, but we're just about the busyness. Right. So so by staying busy, that's a pacifier, you know, and I'm guilty of it, too. But but being still and being present makes you accountable and aware in a way that sometimes depending on where you're at in in your day, in your life, you don't want to be. And for me, so many times being still would be a constant reminder of what was to come and what I still needed to do and what areas I was deficient in. But it's necessary. Even a phone has to stop and recharge or reboot or, you know, update. You can't just keep going because if it keeps going, then it's not going to operate as, as well. It's going to yeah. slow down and it's processing. So regardless of what's ahead or what's behind, there comes a point where even your, your automation, your computers, your phones, your smart devices, they literally say, dude, we need you to stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Hey, I mean, and kind of right now, in a way, my son and I were having that conversation about trying to frame this whole COVID-19 experience. And in a way, it's like, you know, if you look at it from a a macrocosm of the earth, 
it's almost like the earth is kind of exhausted too. And it's like going, look, yeah. man, we got to chill for just a freaking minute. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we were talking about it even with a, a computer. I was like, when I'm having problems with my computer and I've got too much open and too much running, sometimes yep. it's just good to restart it. Well, if I restart it and it's just uh, reopens with all the same crap, <laughs> I didn't accomplish anything by stopping. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I got it. We got to make value out of that stopping. That's good, man. I like that, that the the breaking the routine is actually, the break is just to actually take a break from the routine. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, second question. Relative, man. I love this. What compulsions do you have? Oh, my compulsion is to, uh, is, is to do for the sake of doing, doing too much, doing too much. Uh, my compulsion is... As I said before, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm really not trying to cop out, but it really goes back to the opposite of what we asked a minute ago. My compulsion is to be busy. Mm, yeah, and, uh, I hear you. Not a good thing. So now what I have to do is I have to be intentional. I have to be very and I was already taking steps, you know, especially with, um, you know, a recent award that I got. It was opening the door for a lot oh, yeah. of stuff. And things were accelerating. I literally had to start just saying, no, sorry, nothing personal. I literally had to respond to people, not in this season, but maybe to come, you know, we can, we can revisit this. Uh, but that wasn't my first inclination. My first, my first compulsion would be to, to accommodate and to satisfy and to be a blessing. And, you know, but really it's not a blessing. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a damage, you know, and you got to be able to, to, to be able to distinguish what the blessing is. And, and I tell I tell folks now, I understand when I look at that word bless, I literally see, because I'm visual, I see the word be less. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. It kind of goes back to that whole upside down mentality. If you want to bless, and we think of blessing as abundance or more increase a lot of times, but that's not really what a blessing is. But that's what we, you know, we, 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 we connected with. But to bless, sometimes it calls for us to be less. And I realized that again this morning, my, my wife was working with my son on uh, his math. And it occurred to me that when you multiply fractions, in order to multiply them, you have to break them down to the mm. lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah. So in order to multiply, you have to decrease. That's a very, uh, it's very John the Baptist of you. I mean, you know, to say it that way, I mean, for him to increase, I'm, you know, it's time for him to increase and for me to decrease. I mean, that's a, a very simple. It's simple to say, not so easy to do, but yet the magic is really in that, right? I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. And look, I want to say this, too, because I have listeners that aren't from Southwest Louisiana. I mean, just to clarify what you're talking about, I mean, you won a Grammy. I mean, that's no small thing, man. <laughs> I mean, you're a Grammy winner, and then, you know, just within a few months or less than a few months of that, yeah, this big change comes. So I, to to frame a lot of what you said, I mean, a lot of your life has changed. I mean, you said that that door opened and then all of a sudden all that funnel that it was leading towards is like, oh, now we're, that's all on pause. You know what? a That's something challenging to face. You know, I mean, yeah, something and that that's why I say this is this is I think in many levels, this has been a blessing. This 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 pause, if you will. Yeah. You know, this stoppage, if you will. Because um, and and what I'm about to say, I'm, I'm I'm nowhere on the level of a you know an Elvis or a Michael Jackson or these people where you see that their life begins to accelerate to the point where maybe it's um 
maybe it's 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 damaging. You know, sure. it wasn't to that to that point, but it definitely it definitely was accelerating. And um, I'm 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 grateful for the break. Yeah, you know, just like with a vehicle, you you, hit, you tap the brakes for a while <laughs> so that you don't lose the control. You know what I mean? Or the right. semblance of control. Um, so yeah, but it, it's it's absolutely been a beautiful thing. Uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity to to impact and influence others. Uh, it's it's definitely humbled me in so many different ways. Uh, number one, just seeing, you know, being on a stage with folks that you, um, you know, I don't want to say idolize, but but definitely admire. Yeah. Um, and then also to even seeing people's response, because some people's response to it has been beautiful. Some people's response has been less than beautiful. Really? Uh, but but, That's but interesting. I don't. But I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I for lack of a better word, I, I don't regret that. Um, yeah. Because there's truth in everything and everyone's perspective is their perspective. And there's a truth in everyone's perspective. So. So um, it's been beautiful to see what people see, you know, good or bad. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know, I I don't know what you're talking about, but I have seen that happen with other people who have some success or they get uh, recognized. It's uh, It's just interesting, you know, people. Yeah, it's interesting. It it doesn't matter what you say or do. Um, Some people will just see what they see and hear what they hear. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that's not just that's not just indicative of of of, of an award. Uh, I can't tell you how many speakers or pastors I've talked to when they they teach a message, and they're amazed because somebody will come up and their interpretation of it, be it not wrong, it's not wrong at all, but their their take on it was totally different. It's no different than going into an art museum and you can see a, a piece of visual art, and you'll have six, six different perspectives. On what people see, you know, when I see this, I see a sunrise. I see this, I see death. I see this. It's just the human spirit, it's the human nature. Yeah. We all see different things, and I think to some extent that's what has made uh, today's society so difficult. Is because there there is not that room for people to see differently. Yeah, you know, no, we feel I see. like, well, that's not what I meant. Okay, well, you may have meant something else, but. You know, I have the right to interpret it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have the right to uh, pummel you in the face when you say <laughs> it. <laughs> but I absolutely have the right to see it because when you put it out there, you're not just putting it out there sterile. Right. You put something out there, it's received, but it's received not only by that person's ears, but their experience and their history and their predispositions. And their biases and their prejudices. And prejudice is not a bad word. It just means prejudge. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, if I see a grizzly bear in the woods, I'm going to be extremely prejudiced. Yeah. It's very <laughs> interesting. The grizzly bear in the world, but I'm going to make some judgment calls before we get to know each other. It is funny. And- I mean, that, that whole thing about perspective, man. I mean, me, we, our family, we love to watch the show Survivor, you know, the, yeah. the, the competition show. And depending on who's in that show i don't know if you, how if you've ever watched it but uh i've watched a lot, a lot of seasons of that show and i always find it interesting and i've come to take the perspective that every single person who's ever won survivor has deserved to win survivor even yeah. though there's other people on that show that say they didn't deserve to win but the but the thing that the reason i say i f- subscribe to that everybody that's ever won has deserved to win is because of exactly what you're saying that 
you get a bunch of different people together. So it doesn't matter if the rules are the same. When you add a different group of people into a mix and they all come in with different experiences, the dynamics of that game can never be the same. And so even if you weren't the smartest, the most physical, the biggest threat or whatever, if you win that game, you won because of the dynamics of that group and all their collective histories. I mean, even going back to whether whether they had a good childhood or not, that plays into that game. And it's just life. I mean, I go, that's kind of what life is like. I mean, you can work really hard. But if the dynamics of what situation you're in are working against you, that's what's happening. <laughs> that yeah, ain't your yeah. fault. You know, sometimes it's like, well, this is just the game of life. Sometimes it works out that way and sometimes it doesn't. Man, your last question, I drew it while we were talking. And listen, this is just – you, you just picked three winners here, and they're all <laughs> re- re- they're all related to what you're talking about. I love this. But it says, where have you been getting distracted in life? Yeah. I've been getting distracted in life with life. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, 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 that's it. And, and the thing is this, sometimes we get distracted but with life, but we're not living. Yeah, you know? for sure. And when I say life, life is the thing. And I'm not talking about health and strength and all that kind of stuff. When I talk about life, it's perspective. You know, there are certain things that we think are success. Yeah. You know, and, and we can become extremely distracted with the things that we think that's why I, I'm, I'm in a season right now because I have this space and this area to breathe. I, I, I challenge my my daughter. I say she thinks too much. She's a thinker. She's a critical thinker, which is a blessing. But but our our blessings can also be our disaster. Okay? Yeah. I, I, you know, it can be our deficiencies as well too. Um, so so sometimes she overthinks. So what I've been telling her to do is focus on something. That brings happiness. Yeah. But then she's like, but it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with running. I said, it doesn't matter. You could think, you could think of, a, a, uh, you can think of, I don't know, licorice and, yeah. and jelly beans. I don't know. Like it, it, <clears throat> it, it, That's the whole point. It's not supposed to be connected with it. It's supposed to be connected with a thing called peace, right? right. So you focus on your peace and it keeps you the chatterbox. It crashes the chatterbox. And I'm telling you this because not just from a track standpoint, but from an everyday life the race called life standpoint, we can spend so much time thinking that we miss out. Uh, if I can relate it to music, when I was a kid, you talk about everybody's experiences. My experiences, we grew up in you know a black church, man, and, and it was just a different energy you know, than maybe some other congregations I've been in. And sometimes if somebody's singing, when they took that singing to another level, they, they transcended singing, and we would say things like, uh, girl, you singing. You sang it, uh, right, right. So yeah. somebody say, "Bro, you sang that." They don't yeah. mean past tense. They meant, man, you, you, you did something on that one. Right. And I told my daughter, I said, you know, the biggest thing we can do is we can transcend thinking to thanking. Right? Yeah. So, so when we think about thinking, it's just we're putting our mind on the on 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 the pain. We're thinking on the the shortcoming. We're thinking on the deficiency and how I'm never good enough. But when we push past that, that's why I call seeing yourself beyond yourself. And we put our thoughts on something bigger than ourselves. Okay, put your thought on something or someone bigger than yourself, a calling bigger than yourself, a purpose bigger than yourself. Then what happens is when you put those thoughts on there, you begin you begin to realize, wow, how blessed I am. Because I, I when we were walking the track, I, I told my daughter, I said, what's bringing you joy right now? 
And she said, I'm gonna be honest, the sun, because it was cool when we came out there, but then the sun came out and it warmed her. Well, think about it. What's bigger than the sun? Yeah. I mean, not much stuff, you know? So now it makes you aware. What else is out here that I'm being totally unaware of until it's absent? See, yeah. she didn't notice the sun until it was cool and the cloud was there, right? Yeah. So even in this time of lack, so to speak, in this pause and this winter that we're in right now with COVID, like, like I want to challenge folks out there to think about what is it that, that, you, that you're missing that, that's bigger than you that you're grateful for? Purpose your thoughts to be on gratitude and you'll go from thinking to thanking. And I promise you, when you start thanking, I'm not saying it's going to take the pain away. But it's going to strengthen you to be stronger than the pain. Man, that that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Wonderful advice. I mean, I, that's advice I'm going to take into the rest of my day for sure. I'm so glad we did this, man. I'm serious. Man, it's, my pleasure, man. Thank you, man. No, it's been no refreshing. Man. This is right on time. Yeah, me too, man. Right I mean, I get, I, I'm like I'm like Yogi Bear, man. I go get my picnic basket. Man. Yeah, I go get my picnic basket. <laughs> No, man, I encourage. I even got my Yogi Bear hat, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm game. That's what I, I really. It, this all, this stuff like this doesn't happen without people like you and these other folks that I'm visiting with. I mean, I just keep thinking about. You just said it. Being thankful. You know, I when I, I there's this always this part of you when you do anything, you're going, well, what kind of success am I going to have? And I'm, I'm making those quotey fingers in the air because there, yeah. even if you want to do it altruistically, there's just that part of you that's tied to the old economy, you know, of things. And it's like, but I still have to, I still got to, you know, hunt and gather with this on some level. But right now, because that's not happening and it's not possible, it makes me look at the last year of the show. And go, no, man. I mean, I can just reap a blessing too. I mean, I can right now. All I can do, and we can do, is just do this because there's. Hey, what else are we doing? You know, let's just be present, visit with each other, and I love these conversations, man, because all this stuff just pours out. And if if people really sit and listen, they can reframe their day, no matter what they're going through. There's so much that you said today. That is going to be helpful to people, I'm sure, because I know that mental mental health is a big issue right now, yeah, you know, and absolutely. I think people hearing what you said, I mean, it, it's stuff to really just chew on. And uh, I don't know. I feel blessed and thankful that you agreed to take the time, man. Thank you, man. Same, same here, man. Same here. Just absolute blessing, man. It's always a pleasure to be able to share, man. And yeah. uh, appreciate what you do. Appreciate the good news, man. Oh, we need yeah. more of it, especially right now, man. I think people are hungry for it. So yeah. thank you. Thanks for filling, filling well, that thanks for, thanks for being a part of it, bro. Thanks for listening to my Beacon Series conversation with Mickey Smith Jr. If you found something of use in this conversation, consider helping me spread the good news by supporting Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. I thank you for pressing play.